Welcome to Radio Boomers Live, the show about all things human from a baby boomer's perspective. All things hot and all things not. News, reviews, interviews, chat, text, and what's next. And here are your hosts, Risa Gray from Betty White's Off Their Rockers and Easy's dad, Jim Zuli. Good morning, Radio Boomers Live listeners around the world and to our Easy Way family and to Risa Gray, Superstar Risa. Are you on with us? I am, I am. I, I, I was running, you know those scenes where they're running trying to get there at the last minute? I got it there just like 20 seconds before air. I can't believe you but said I'm that. Here. I can't believe you said that. I was doing the same thing, just checking for the time. And I, I turn around and I look at the clock and I go, holy smokes, I got one minute. But it's Memorial Day. And yeah, and for sure. Memorial Day. And we want to say thank you to all the veterans. Well, you know, it's it's a time to give thanks for all the great sacrifice the veterans have made that had passed away in, during their service, and uh, there will be a lot of, uh, you know, events planned today. I have a couple World War II veterans that are going to uh, to events. One of them told me that they used to go in a, a group of five or ten, and they called around, and he's the only one there now. Uh, so if you're going to say yeah. hi to these people, you know, they're just and last year, And last year the events didn't take place. But I understand no. they will be putting the flags on the uh, Westwood Veterans Seminar- Cem- uh, Cemetery this Cemetery, year, yeah. and that they will be having their ceremony there. And like you said, they're going to be events all over the country. So oh, yeah. it's a time to look back and just, like you said, be thankful for those who are willing to defend our country. Yeah, and uh Things are opening up. I suppose you've noticed that in L.A. Uh, you can tell by the freeways. Uh, uh, you can you tell know, by the side they're, streets. They're back. And they're by, back, know, and they're out, and they're running around. And, you know, people are still driving like it's no traffic. There's oh, traffic yeah. out there, people. There are children yeah. riding bicycles and skateboards. Drive safe and sane. Oh, yeah, and they, uh, you know, I don't know if you've been out to the restaurants, but, boy, people are, you know, glad to get back and be able to, uh, you know, order, go to the restaurants, and and they say they're 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 in trouble with the cooks and the server. They don't have enough enough people to uh, keep things going. Well, that's a good thing, I guess. But, uh, well, that's a whole other story that we won't get oh, yeah. into, but let's move on to our hot topic. Hot topic. It's hot topic time. Now, there, there it goes. There we go. Ripped from the headline. Today's hot topic. Well, my hot topic is I just want to invite people to watch a special documentary called Blood on Black Wall Street. I'm going to have you look it up. I'm not going to tell you a whole lot about it. It's a part of American history that very few people know. It took place in Tulsa, Oklahoma, 100 years ago. And it's not in the history books. It hasn't been spoken about. They did a a survey, and over 80 people that lived in Tulsa had no idea that this event took place in their city. And this, for whatever year, the 100-year 
anniversary of the event is being uh, publicized, it's being uh, talked about, and there's a document documentary. So you can Google Blood on Black Wall Street. Uh, it's a, a heartbreaking story, but it's also a story that uh, shows that there have been great progress in um, black history that we don't even know about. And this is a, a time to look back on it. And I'm not going to tell you anymore because <laughs> I want you to watch it. It's called Blood on Black Wall Street. I believe it's going to be playing on MSNBC. And um, check it out. It might be something you might do with your family, maybe not today, but check it out. And, Jim, what's your hot topic? Well, we have Memorial Day, or it's a federal holiday in the U.S. honoring uh, the military personnel who have passed away in the performance of the service. And we have, like Reetha and I were talking about, events going on all over. Um, and, you know, there's a, uh, there's a, lot of, uh, a lot of news here. I don't know if I can cover everything, but I'll try to touch on a few. One of the things that came up, uh, people are talking about this uh, – Oh, the, the things they see out there, um, military personnel, um, aircraft or whatever, some UFO. Well, everything's a UFO if you don't know what it is. Uh, but uh, <laughs> the story is we can handle the truth. UFO, UFO expert says Americans deserve to know. Numerous U.S. Air Force fighter pilots have been interviewed and asked if they have ever seen UFOs. Their answer wasn't, well, once in several years, I came across a, a bright light in the sky. Not quite. Pilots say it's an everyday occurrence. Uh, some have been doing this for over 10 years. And when asked, they say, oh, this is stuff we see every day. So uh, down in the, uh, down, what was it, San Diego, a Navy ship took numerous pictures of uh, this craft flying around going into the ocean so we'll see what happens. But they, what they want to do is have the government release the, the pictures. And maybe it's just advanced craft that they made. We don't know about. Who knows? The fourth stimulus check, it possibly, uh, maybe in the works, eligible Americans, both monthly stimulus checks and a one-time stimulus check for $2,000 have been proposed. So who knows? The uh, present $6 trillion fix-all is leading economists, some of the top economists, a little bit worried there, saying uh, this kind of printing and uh, it could cause a, you know, the economy to wind up with hyperinflation. You know, too much printing and taking care of things is good for a temporary fix-all, but later on it can catch up. Texas and other states looking to tighten up uh, voting rules, trying to pass legislation on that. A man traveled across the country to mine diamonds for his girlfriend's engagement ring, and he wound up coming across a 2.2 carat. Now, who knows what the price on that would be? Well, Israel and Palestine finally have ceasefires falling into place after thousands of rockets and bombs going off, so they're hoping they can make that last. Supreme Court agrees to hear a major abortion case challenging the Roe versus Wade situation. And, uh, Coinbase stock may be uh, in a rut because crypto competition is heating up. 
Yeah, well, there's uh, looking up in one of the top cities to live in, uh, rolling hills, golf courses. Uh, you got uh, tennis courts all over the place, 78 degrees year-round weather, uh, no humidity, close to the ocean in between L.A. and San Diego. It was the town of Mission Viejo picked because of its low, low crime rate and so on and so forth. Uh, the... Uh, this California area, people like the weather and so on, but it's costly. That's that's the thing where you can move to other states and you get uh, can move into a house. And there's a lot of uh, talk about you know it's time to purchase a home. Well, the uh, the rates now are still super low. They, they've gone up a little bit, but they're still down into the low threes, which is going to give you a lower payment, easier to qualify. But uh, the problem is, is finding a house because the ones for sale, they have uh, multiple offers on there. So do your, do your research. Get in there before the line starts. And with that, Reef, we have, boy, the time's going so fast. We have to move into our uh, commercial, and we have a very interesting guest coming on, Fred Smith. Wait till you hear his story. So let's move on. Commercial time. Are you tired of doing business the hard way? Is building your business taking too much time and energy? We can help. Introducing your ultimate solution, EasyWay Business Membership. We're a full-service digital marketing solution specializing in branding and marketing, advertising, and introductions to CEOs and influencers that can help your business thrive. Problem solved. Now you can hire our award-winning team to work for your business. We've received many prestigious awards, including the Digital Trailblazer Award by Hollywood Weekly Magazine, and we've been recognized by Congress. For just $11 a day, you'll get more exposure, reach more clients by next month, guaranteed. Here's how it works. You pay one low annual fee of $4,000, and you'll receive consulting, branding, marketing, advertising, social media support, product placement, and business introductions to help your business grow exponentially. And if you need more, we offer SEO, commercial, TV exposure, and much more for an additional rate. To recap, for just $11 a day annual membership fee, you'll receive branding, consulting, business-to-business introductions, advertising, and social media support. But don't take our word for it. Here's where their customers We've been working with EasyWay, Eric, for the last six months, and literally, we are slammed with work (laughs) for two months straight, so his marketing definitely works. To learn more, visit EasyWayNetwork.com or contact us at 877-399-2929. And don't forget to follow us on social media. On Facebook at EasyWay Network, Twitter at EasyWay Broadcast, and YouTube at EasyWay TV. They're doing yes, it indeed. the easy way. Doing it the easy way. And we have a guest that basically goes way back with us, Fred Smith. He's a veteran, host of the Super Power Podcast. Marketing and scaling strategist extraordinaire, I'll add. While in the Marines, Fred was an award-winning combat reporter with a secret clearance. Uh, he gathered news from combat zones for TV, radio, newspapers, and magazines. He, he's uh, worked with and mentored numerous high-end companies uh, to enhance their revenue. And, oh, by the way, like I was talking about, and Reith, you may remember back in the, uh, back in the days, WTV and all that. Fred was there. And uh, Fred, are you on with us? 
Yeah, good morning. Can you there hear me? There he is. Fred, here's good Reefa morning, Gray. Fred. Fred, now you two know each other, I believe. Yes, no? Oh, yeah. Isn't we that? go back like our seats. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to well, Reefa. I'll tell you, you know, you do go back, Fred. And uh, I got to ask you. So, Reefa and myself and you, how many events, right? How many events have we been to over the last oh. how many years? Holy smokes. Yeah, I would definitely say <laughs> well over a couple hundred. Now, Absolutely. Now, I remember there, you know, a quick memory. Can you pick one, right? Well, I mean, I, I remember a cool interview, and we kind of hung out with uh, Dreyfus, and we had uh, an interesting time at home with Peter Fonda. There's things like that, but... I also remember swing dancing with Rita on the stage. That was kind of fun. But uh, Fred, is there anything that anything that pops up with you? I mean, with all the camera work and all the events, any any particular event that you go, oh yeah, I remember that one. Well, I definitely remember the first one that me and Easy did. It was almost like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, kind of like you, we bumped into each other. You know, I, I wasn't the bully that was spinning them around. You know, like we kind of looked at each other and was like, "Hey, uh, Easy was like, I need some help right now." I was like, "Cool," and and that's really how history really got started with us. And we were running, and the cool thing about it was we were so seamless out there that a lot of people were trying to duplicate that. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, wow, what, uh, 10, 15 years ago, Fred? Wow. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's over 15 years ago. We're showing our age. <laughs> no, and by my. the way, the the, uh, the famous picture of us, which is, you know, the Facebook picture of Eric and I and our little pup, Hopper, was taken by Fred. Yep. Remember That's exactly that? right. Now, yeah, we were doing, now, yeah, we're Fred, doing a magazine. Now, be honest, Fred, they, they always say the people look like their dogs or their dogs look like them. I'm, I'm <laughs> telling you. I, I looked at that picture, and it was like, oh, wait, that's the dog. <laughs> they look like that should be their dog. Now, part of the, you know, we, we fought for our freedom, so I'm going to invoke my Fifth Amendment right on that one. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I don't know if I'm calling the dog handsome or I'm calling them looking like dogs. Let's say the dog is handsome. <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny because people say, oh, your dogs look just like you because I have Bernie Doodles. So it's like, I was like, really? Like, tell me more about that. You have what doodles? Well, we uh, tried to Wait, wait I want to know uh... what kind of doodles by those friends. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're called Bernie Doodles. They're a cross between Bernie's uh, Mountain Dogs and Poodles, and they're really hard to breed. So uh, we've been breeding them for close to a year now, and, um, yeah, we've had a pretty good success rate with them. Those would be so, a big dog, though, right? Um, that's, that's actually a good question. Like, the the Bernie's Mountain Dogs themselves can get up to 200 pounds, but because we wow. breed them back to the Poodle, um, our, our, our puppers won't get any more than maybe 50, 55 Maybe 60 pounds. My dogs okay. run around 8, 10, 12 pounds. I can handle that. <laughs> Those yeah, are I big dogs. That. That's a snack. <laughs> <laughs> well, Fred uh, Fred invited us out to his house. We had a nice little uh, barbecue or whatever you call it. Well, what a layout and what a beautiful home you have, Fred. That was uh, you, 
that was it. So what was that for? I forgot. What was the event we had at your house, sir? Uh, it was uh, actually my birthday. Oh, it was your birthday? Okay. Yeah, we had yeah, a, we had the red your, carpet for the birthday. Yeah, that was your thirtieth. Yeah, I remember. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're so kind. So, so kind. So, Fred, you so are. What you up to, Fred? What are you up to nowadays? Um, well, Fred, I just want to let everybody. I just want to let everybody know. Fred has uh, is very humble, and you know he he's out there in the in the big corporate world, not just corporate world, but he's out there in the top rung, and just you know to get things rolling, Fred. You were a combat photographer, and yeah. do you think it was what you did in the military that kind of rolled you into? Uh, what you were doing and how it did affect you going into the corporate world because you really did go to the top there with your mentoring and everything. Oh yeah, no, that's actually a brilliant question. 100% because had I not got those skills out of the Marine Corps, I know for a fact I wouldn't have been able to do that because even people who had degrees just couldn't do what I did. So the secret sauce really lies in the fact of like when I was in the Marine Corps, not only going through those schools, but also having real-world experience, like literally being out there in the combat zone doing real-world operations. And to me, um, well, well, uh, super scary, and that's one of the reasons why I'm thankful you know, and actually humbled that I can be here today on Memorial Day. Um, I personally suffer from PTSD. I got a 70% rating last year, just last year after like almost 20-plus years, right? Wow. But, um, yeah, the reality of it is, well, the pandemic just triggered me hard, Papa Zuli. It, it was, it was, it was really, uh, it was really horrible for me on a lot of levels. But um, I, I don't know what's worse, like literally living the nightmare for twenty plus years, or uh, just actually just. In, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to be too graphic, but let's just say it, it really a lot of the stuff that I learned in the military and actually the real world operations is what you and Eric. And Rita, I have seen when I was on the, on the on the red carpet. It's just a totally different way of thinking. Yeah, and then going a couple steps back, you know, there's so many MOSs. I was military police, and uh, I think Rita was a Navy SEAL. Uh, so, what was it that? Uh, no, I I, I only did USO. I entertained the troops. <laughs> I didn't fight anybody. <laughs> I was like, wait for it, wait for it. <laughs> but, but Fred, I do, I do have a picture of Rita in her combat gear, uh, sitting at a lunch table, sleeping with her head down, paint and it was ball. a long, long. It yeah, was paintball. Paint <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, but it looks, it looks military. But so, like I said, taking a step back, what was it that uh, you know? Were you camera? ready before you went in or what what brought you into that part of it because that's a really interesting uh because i was watching the thing during uh you know a little deal on macarthur and all that about the guys who were in world war ii doing the camera stuff what got you into that mos yeah no that's a good question too so in the marine corps um we have to do it all so like in the navy they have a combat photographer um and in the marine corps we have what they call combat correspondent I was a little bit different even than that designation because I had to do uh, broadcasting and photojournalism. So, and also I had to do some other stuff like we had to tell the news. We had to know what to say, what not to say, a lot of intel stuff. So that's what made my designation a little bit more different. But um, I actually 
had actually did door to door sales before I joined the Marine Corps, and I like photography. Wow. I just I, I just didn't realize that you know I did that for four years. I, I didn't realize that that was going to be uh, one of the big pivots that I needed to take um, going into the Marine Corps. But once I did, I learned how to professionally do a lot of that stuff. So that wow. was kind of more like 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 the front facing stuff, and that's the stuff that the public sees. The the tougher stuff is really actually being able to still maneuver and still being able to accurately talk about what's going on um, versus saying, hey, nice, cool shot, bro, you know, make me a sandwich, you know. So yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things where, you know, like, like, like uh, I, I, to me, that was the key, um, key moment was actually being able to learn all of that, all those strategies and techniques uh, on a professional level. And it showed up. Um, my, like my first duty station, I didn't even really use any of those skills. I was, I was doing a lot of other uh, operations. But part of the ethos of the Marine Corps is a force and readiness. So we had to be ready for everything. It just was more more leaned at that point in time towards the photography. So hopefully I'm not hopefully I'm making sense. <laughs> it does. But you know, just this has always been an interest to me. Uh getting the shot, right? You're in a mm-hmm. combat zone, but there's two types of shots, right, Fred? I mean yep. you're out there with the camera, you want to get the shots, but you're also armed, right? Ah, nope, I was not. And that's what made my, that's what made my job super hard was because literally. I heard that's pretty difficult, right? I mean, what do you do? Throw your camera at somebody if they're trying to aim at you? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You got to throw a roll of film at that point in time, but, but literally it's it's exactly right. Just what you said. It's a lot, a little bit more savage. I had to be a little bit more uh, covert as far as what I was doing, even to your yeah, and even to your point, I literally got stuck out there in the desert by myself for almost two weeks straight, and literally by myself. So I had to figure out certain things, and the biggest takeaway that I learned from that was I'm just thankful I had the mind and wherewithal to actually be able to survive. Like, and if I had a weapon at that point in time, that I probably you probably wouldn't even be talking to me right now. I mean, literally, that's how bad it was when I was going through. Uh, we had real world real world conflicts going on, so I yeah. had to, on one hand. Uh, do that part of my job while I'm doing other stuff. <laughs> and it was just like, okay, what do I do next? So, but the big thing was for me, it was just straight up survival because like I said, we, we were really in some real world stuff going on. So it was tough. So stealth, right? Stealth. You had to be, you know, get the shots, but you had to be so cautious and where you pop your head up. I mean, cause you're in both places. Right. And that was the thing. Like, I didn't know where I was going to be literally from one day to the next. It was, it, it, it sounds, uh, I'm, I'm kind of glossing over it right now because literally I didn't, I didn't start speaking about it until last year. Um, but it was one of those things where a lot of people don't know that part about me. That's the other reasons why I'm just so quiet about a lot of stuff because yeah. it, it, I didn't know what to say or even what to not say when I got out. It was just that intense everything that I did. So I did my best to just translate the skills. How do I uh, take them and actually do good with them? So when you met me, I was just like, you know what, at least let me um, do something with it. And that's why I had, I started out in Hollywood actually as an accident. It, it, I did, I was doing camera work down in San Diego for a calendar shoot. And next thing you know, I'm shooting with at shooting at the Playboy mansion. That's, that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we had to sign papers to, uh, you know, People ask, "What did you do here and there?" And we have to say, "You, you say where you're at." Period. You know, you could say it was a, a certain location, and but you can't say what you did, and so on and so forth. And you have to sign a lot of papers. 
Uh, even, so even, in the US, even in the USO, they made us sign papers. We were entertaining the troops places where there weren't supposed to be troops. And we yeah. had to sign papers saying we weren't there either. So, yeah, yeah. exactly. I, and well, I, I know that was part of my problem, and that was one of the reasons why even last year, like this year, I was supposed to be doing my interview for my PTSD stuff. But I guess they looked at my service record book and was like, oh, man, he didn't sign. He's like, yeah, like I've been out here. I need to know what, what I can say and what I can't say. Like, can you guys like tell me? <laughs> so so, so to your point, it was definitely um, it was one of those things where it's, it's actually affected my life on a lot of different levels. And uh, I'm just super grateful that I still had the wherewithal to make at least halfway decent decisions to make to have somewhat of a good quality of life. Oh yeah, you're. And then Risa asked, uh, so we move on here. You're, uh, what's going on with Fred now? You got Super Powered Podcast, and uh, you got so much going on. Let's we'll talk about that a little bit. Well, yeah, about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, you're I, rocking I'm and really... rolling, Fred. I'll tell you. Yeah, I, I you know what I I've really hit a crescendo in my life, and I'm actually just really more focused in now more than ever. Just being home, spending time with the family, spending time with my my puppers, and and I just uh, the Superpower Podcast came came across as a result of me watching all of these brilliant people not being able to really explain how they got there. So what I wanted to do was create an environment so that it can inspire other people to really see that success is predictable if you have certain key elements. So there, I've identified about 40 of them. There could be more. And to me, 40 is still a lot. I just focus in on the core, the, the, the core essence of some, of, of someone and how they got there. So I like, and, and that's part of my FOJO, my photojournalistic skills coming out, you know, cause I, I enjoy that. I love to hear a good story, but more importantly, I like to hear how people really says they had, they had a crescendo in their life where they're like, you know what? I can't take this anymore. I need to be a different person, and they make that transition. So I, I want to focus in on that, and and that'll be part of my legacy play. No, oh, well, that's, yeah, but uh, I'm also in the cannabis industry too, since you're asking. So that's that 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 got me there as a result of my PTSD, and I started literally medicating myself last year, and all of a sudden I had this creative explosion and also a spiritual explosion. So that's what led to that. Is that a so? Is that, that what a cannabispreneur is? Yes, I ma'am. was wondering what a cannabinoir was. <laughs> now yes, you know. ma'am. Now you know. Now, is, my, now my I know. Figure, is that three hundred and fifty billion a year in that business? Wow. Oh yeah, it, it's still small comparatively speaking. Um, me and my partner Rico just focus in on the startups to mid cap uh, businesses <laughs> because it sounds it sounds sexy that there's that much money in there, but the reality of it is corporate cannabis has already taken over. And that's the reasons why we have ETFs exchange traded funds on wall street. It started this year. We called that last year. So it's one of those things where you don't have to be a stoner or, uh, you know, you're scared to smoke a doobie. Really what it really boils down to is it has healing properties to it. And that's actually what's been helping me uh, cope through a lot of stuff, even to this day. So um, it's, it, there, 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 there's a duality behind it, you know, because even when I was going through some of my uh, military stuff, here, take this medicine, take this, take that. And then like, I'm like, no, I don't want to take any drugs, <laughs> you know, but that's just my own personal bias. And since I've been and there's doing a, it, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot better. You're moving along and you've been through so much corporate stuff. There's a million questions I have lined up about, you know, what do you think's going on today after a, a year off of everybody, you know, how it's affected the uh, corporate business, 
because it's really affected small business. There's some statistics like 45% of them are gone and so on and so forth. But uh, we have to have to go on another time because I know it's going to be a discussion. So you've seen the, you know, you've been around for WTV. You've, uh, you've been around on the carpets with us. How do you think of the evolution of what Eric's created to where it's at today? I imagine you've seen some of the Easy Way uh, network and how it's grown. Oh, yeah, 100%. I, I can take 10 seconds to explain what you were just talking about before. Um, as far as the corporate world, I tell people don't worry about that, it, it, at least as far as small to mid-cap businesses, because they, they market a completely different way. Coming out of the pandemic, people are looking for a lot more high-tech, high-touch, and I've been saying that for the last 20 years. So now it's here. So people want to connect with the people behind the brand, not just the brand. Um, and that dovetails perfectly into what Easy has created and you have created was because I remember the conversation that we had at your house. <laughs> it was about over oh. 15 years ago, literally, yeah. when he was making a pivot from what you need over to, uh, to, to, to the way to the easy way right now. One of the first things that we talked about, I was like, bro, we need to go into these nonprofits. And he's like, what do you mean nonprofits? I was like, well, people need to know. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So I don't know if you remember that part where we started, I think, uh, back in 2006 six or seven, we really started hitting a lot of the nonprofits really hard. And nobody else was doing that at that point in time, because easy always had good intentions behind it. It wasn't like, Hey, let me shake you down and ask you for money. It was exactly. like, Hey, you know, you know, it was like, it was like, Hey, like, you know, you're, you're awesome. You're an awesome, cool person. So like, you know, and that's how those relationships in my humble opinion started forming, but yeah. it was just like, you know, and, and every time, you know, we're still close friends. We talked yesterday. And the thing about it is, you know, he's always leaned on me for like, uh, the, those major pivots, but you know, in, in, in exchange for that, it's just like, hey, bro, just keep 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 shining your light, you know, keep that gold carpet moving, keep everybody inspired, you know. Now he's to the point where a lot of people are actually edifying him, which is which is phenomenal to me because you hear me doing it, <laughs> you know. But it's true. Well, you and know, so, uh, he's always had, how can I help? And it's it's not, and uh, many many majority of the times, it's not that there's any uh, check involved, but. Uh, he gets such a kick out of seeing something happen. And, you know, a lot of veterans groups, which I think you're involved in a couple. Um, Actually, I need to get a few more of them. So we definitely need to have another conversation after this. I was going to say. Exactly, I was going to yeah. say, we're running out of, we've run out of time. We've You've run got out so of time. much to say and there's so much go. to talk about. Yeah, we got Carmelita's <laughs> Corner coming up and everything, but I don't want to let Fred go because there's so many things we can cover. You know, Fred, we're talking about a lot of years here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, it's awesome. Much love. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you, Fred, for coming on. Know you're busy, guys. Say hi to the fam, and uh, we'll have you back. Yes, thank you kindly. Keep doing your great work. It's amazing. Thank you. Fred. Always good to have you on the show, Fred. Yes, I think we're we got a commercial, and then Carmelita's corner coming up, right? Absolutely. Only on Blog Talk Radio will you hear the celebrity host of Easy Way Broadcasting. Network owner Eric Easy Dooley treats his half a million Twitter followers to insider tips and connections on upcoming shows. Are you looking to accelerate your influence? EasyWayWall.com is a new site that allows you to promote yourself, business, brand, and your products as an influencer. You can share your ideas, receive comments, promote and brand yourself with the power of affiliation. Associate yourself and your brand with the power players of today to become leaders of tomorrow. Come and join the EasyWay Wall today. Sign up at wall.easywaybroadcasting.com or text EasyWayWall to 55678. Introducing EasyWay Family App. Your new virtual vision, 2020. 
be seen, be available, be everywhere. Available on Apple Store and Google Play. Track our content, stay connected, create your account to gain instant access. Go mobile or go home. about to experience Carmelita's Corner. Carmelita's song, Rosebud, made it to the top 40s with the godfather of soul, James Brown. She's the founder of the Rose Breast Cancer Society. Now here's your host, Carmelita Pittman. We apologize uh, due to Memorial Day. Uh, Carmelita Pittman's program will not be on, so we will be bringing back Rita Gray and James Zuli to talk a little bit about how our veterans have served and thank our people that have fought for our country. So bringing back to the show is James Zuli and Rita Gray. Hey, Rita. Well. We're just we going to blow this morning, aren't we? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, uh, Fred was talking about, uh, you know, he went in a, a certain part of the service, some people, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine, National Guard, and how it affects your, your life in a way. I mean, what's your MOS is? Because, Reed, the way it goes, I know you weren't in the military, but if you go in and you wind up with an MOS, that's military occupational service, and, and you become a, uh, oh, say a tanker, well, that means you learn all about tanks, how to drive them, how to shoot them. There's just Elvis Presley, when he went in the Army, he was a tanker. And uh, uh, what it is, you, you really master it. But here's the issue. When you get out and you fill out the job applications, there's just not a whole lot tankers needed. Uh, so, you know what I mean? That's something you have to well, think about. Well, a lot of people haven't, weren't told that they should go in preparing to come out. So exactly. They'll, they'll go in and they'll be a, a great soldier. But like you said, there's not a lot of jobs where you crawl under barbed wire fences. So they're real yeah. good at doing that. <laughs> Well, maybe in your field, because being an actor, you don't know what you're going to have, right? I mean, you could wind up oh. in any situation. Uh, doing anything, anytime. It's absolutely anytime. true. Yeah. But, but even you know, in the USO, like I said, we went into places. I was there when they ended the Vietnam War, and um, we we didn't know they were going to be ending the Vietnam War. Um, it was during the time where uh, when Amelka uh, Marcos was stabbed, I was in the Philippines during that time entertaining the troops. And um, I didn't realize how secret a lot of things were because we did have to sign papers saying that we did not go places because there weren't supposed to be American troops where we were. And I've probably broken that rule and told people that I was places I shouldn't have been. But um, just entertaining the troops, you could feel how grateful they were to see any live American entertainment. And I wasn't there with a big Bob Hope show. 
I was there with a college tour because most of the kids out in the field were college age. And they were just so grateful to see Americans that weren't involved in the war and to talk about what was happening back in the United States. So it it is a whole different world. And my grandson was in the Army, and he loved it. And he didn't do combat, and I'm grateful for that. But he picked something that he would be able to translate into a job when he got out. He did supply. And so, you know, the the Radar O'Reilly job (laughs) on MASH and – Right now, they're calling it logistics, and that's a big deal. It's Amazon oh, yeah. and all these places that are shipping stuff out. So it's something he could translate out into a job when he got in or when he got out. Well, you know, like uh, some people, well, for me it was military police, so there's the security issue there. And uh, and then you have the drivers uh, and logistics, and, and there's so many fields but a lot of the guys get out and they were gunners or something or uh, mm-hmm. maybe snipers or infantry people, whatever. And then they have to find a different profession. But uh, sorry, them, sorry to interrupt, uh, uh, Aretha James. Uh, Carmelita Pittman is in queue now, and she has she said that queue. she is going to be doing her segment. So we're going to go ahead and bring her into the show. Welcome to Radio Boomers Live, the Carmelita's Corner segment. Carmelita, go ahead. All right. Okay. Wow. I don't know what happened to the time, but anyway, here we are on Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day to everyone. And I have a very special guest for you. She has been a guest before, and she's very much a big part of my life. And her name is Dr. Sherilyn Lee. Good morning, Dr. Lee. Good morning, good morning, and it's a blessing and an honor to be here. All right. Well, we were just chit-chatting earlier this morning, and before I knew it, the time had just gone. It's just like I don't know what happens to the time. But that's an old song that sounds familiar to many of us. Am I correct? Correct. You're absolutely (laughs) correct. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you have so much going on, and you have such a rich background. Many people know you or know of you, and uh, you've just done so many wonderful things in the community with your vast knowledge of of uh, medicine and health care. And you always have something new to share with us. One of the last things that I recall you talking about was how you can spend a, a – sample of hair off to a lab in Germany, and it can come back with all kinds of information. Can you give us a little bit of information about that? Well, let me just say, we don't send the hair off. You have to be in the clinic in person to do this particular test, and it's actually a mapping. It's a DNA mapping, and it's absolutely wonderful. So um, to really find out what's going on, uh, in your body based on, and there's so many levels of screening to see what's going on in the system. So you can see it yourself. So after, you know, a couple of strands of hair goes onto this little dish, it actually then generates and goes to Germany, 
and I can find out about your immune response, your gut support, your cardiovascular performance, and any electrical devices that you're around. So I can pick up on all of these wonderful things so we can start turning our mountains, frequency, minerals, vitamins, uh, even your diet. Your diet is laid out for you based on your own DNA and what's going on with, going on with you at a cellular level and which antioxidants you may need in your body. Not everybody needs the same thing. So it picks up a lot of information and assessment in just a couple of minutes. You have a report in your hands or emailed to you in less than less than 30 minutes. Amazing. That is amazing. And it's something that I'm going to want to have you do for Jerry and me as well. And many of my other friends, I'm sure, would be interested in it. Yeah. And, uh, yes. And you have so many. Hmm? No. Can I just add, I'm so sorry. And what's important right now because of our environmental challenge that we're having right now, too. So this picks up on the toxins and things in the environment, indoor and outdoor. Can you imagine if you're going to find all of this out just from a couple of strands of hair? That is really amazing because we're bombarded with toxins, like you said, both indoors and outdoors. In fact, I've heard that the quality of air indoors is more dangerous than it is outdoors. So, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to say be, before we go, because the time, as I said, goes so fast, that I want to appreciate you being a part of my organization all of these years. And and likewise, you have always drawn me into what you're doing with new wellness. And um, you've been an honorary member of the Rose Breast Cancer Society for many, many years. And when we've had our major events, you've always brought on amazing healthcare experts, and that is one of the reasons why I coined the word edutainment because we've always combined that with the performing arts and the visual arts and have always had our events at beautiful, inspirational locations. And so I just want to thank you. And then, of course, I want to salute you as having been Mother of the Year as well as our Angel of the Year. Thank you so much, and it's such an honor. You know, it's been a journey, and I've been a practitioner for 35 years. Um, So this is truly, truly an honor. I thank you so much. And you're such an amazing person yourself, uh, Carmenita. I'm just thankful to God that we are, we know each other, and, you know, we're able to help others, and you have referred people that we both work with based on your organization a uh, long time ago, and I'm just thankful that we're able to reach out and help others. That's what it's all about. Yes, it is about reaching out and helping one another. You know, I remember that I've heard this story, and you probably have heard it too, that, uh, you know, it, it it's sort of like a allegory where a person was being given a tour of heaven and hell. And uh, the angel was showing the person uh, heaven, and everybody was sitting at a long table with long spoons. And in the middle of the table was a big pot of food. And the only way they could feed themselves was to take the long spoons and feed each other. And that was the difference. The 
same setup was in hell, except nobody was helping each other. They couldn't get to the food because they weren't thinking about serving the other people. So what yeah. it's all about is serving one another. And in the end, the very end, when it's our time, what we want to hear is, well done, my servant. Yes, indeed. Yes, that's why I continue to do what I do um, and have been for years within the clinic and the nonprofit, especially the nonprofit, because I'm through the community all the time doing cardiovascular screening and the carotid artery screening because we know that most women are dying from uh, cardiac, cardiovascular diseases and young are from breast cancer. And then my next umbrella under there is breast cancer. So I've added, I've added a new educational component to my nonprofit, and that's knowing about your kidneys. What you need to know about your kidneys is very important because there's too many people going on dialysis. So when I say your kidneys, mainly it's a couple of blood tests you want to keep up with, especially if you're a hypertensive patient or a diabetic or you're on a lot of medications that have to be metabolized to deliver the kidney, there's certain lab tests you need to know. But basically, really watch the kidneys. It's just too many people on dialysis, and they're becoming younger and younger as well. And you mentioned that there were three different lab tests that people should know about, right? Well, we should know a complete panel. But right now, in lieu of what's happening in the world today, Everybody should know the inflammation markers. You know, your inflammation markers. You want to know if you have inflammation because that's tied into just about everything going on with you on every level. So you want to know your C-reactive protein level. You want to know your fibrinogen blood tests. You want to know your homeocysteine blood tests, and that's three, but it's one more. You want to know your serum insulin level because people sometimes think, oh, I'm a, you know, I'm not a diabetic. I don't have these things going on. But when that serum insulin level is elevated, the body is very toxic. There's other things that's happening in the body that you really want to go deeper and find out what's going on. But I always suggest that a person really go and obtain the female panel, comprehensive female panel, or a male, a comprehensive male panel. And then what people do is send me their reports, and then I break it down in a cellular level, and I send them back to them. Now, or they come in, we do a special consultation, because then you will know what vitamins, if your body is too acid or alkaline, if you have bone problems, can you, you can pick up all these things. And the other one people have to know, have to know, is your vitamin D3 hydroxy. Your 25, your vitamin D25 hydroxy. And now you want to know the 25, but you want to know the 125. So you know what's going on intercellular, extracellular with your vitamin D. So a lot of people are just looking at one aspect, but sometimes we need to look at them both. But those levels should be in a certain range. You, we find that people don't have cancer, heart attack, when you keep those levels in a normal range. So knowing your body, you say, I feel great, I just see where you are. Just see where you are so optimally we can keep you there. Well, you know what, uh, Dr. Lee, you have so much vital information, life-saving information to give everyone, but I'm looking at the clock, and I'm sorry that the time got away from us, <laughs> even though we yes. Yes. we had our own session this morning, actually. <laughs> um, yes. We, we, you know, um, we should have been on a little sooner, and I didn't realize 
that the time had already lapsed. So I'm I'm going to have to apologize to you, but I want to thank you for having been a guest before and also agreeing to come back again, and let's not let this be the last time. So no, I want to thank not. you for being a wonderful, wonderful guest and my dear loving friend. You're one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. And the same to me. You touch my heart <laughs> all the time. And I, you're, you're both, you and your husband are both a blessing to so many people. God bless you, Carmenita. Thank you again God, for having me. God today. bless you too, Dr. Lee. And God bless everybody out there in Radio Land. Yes. Have a blessed day today too as well. Stay safe. Smartphone, cell phone, PC, Mac, tablet, iPad. That's right. It's check time. Well, I had some TV issues this week. And I was talking to the TV repair uh, for the for the brand that I have. And about three quarters of the way through the conversation, the guy said, you really know about your TV, don't you? And I thought about it, and it's like, yeah, I kind of do. It's because it's a tech thing, and I'm a techie. So I thought I'd talk about a few things you need to know about your television. I realize a lot of people don't know. Now, us baby boomers go back to the days where TVs had tubes. And literally, if you were handy, you could go to the store and buy the tube and replace it yourself. Now, they told you, do not remove the back of this set. But you could. And you could remove it and then just unplug it first and you'd unplug the tube and put a new tube in. Well, you can't do that anymore. You cannot remove the back of the set, but there are things that you can check before you call the repair people or have somebody come out and charge you some real expensive amount of money for something that you really could have fixed yourself. So first thing I want to advise you to do is to take a picture of those numbers in the back of your TV before you mount it on the wall or even Put it on a stand. Take a picture. It's a little plate probably somewhere on the back of your TV. It'll have your model number, your serial number, and maybe some other numbers. Take a picture of it. Print out that picture and put it with the warranty papers and everything. So if you do need to call in, you'll have all the information and you don't have to crawl around the back of your TV. So some common things that will go wrong with your TV that you can fix fix at home. All right, when your TV turns on, but there's no picture. Now, usually the reason for that is you've actually touched the input button and you've changed it from wherever your signal does come from to an input that has nothing on it. Now, the inputs are back in the back. You don't want to go back and check. All you have to do is push the input button on your remote control. It'll say input or source or maybe TV video. And by pushing the button, it'll cycle through the inputs until you have your picture back. Now, if you're on the correct input and still don't have a picture, make sure that your cable or your satellite receiver is turned on. Sometimes it gets turned off, push the wrong button, it gets turned off. The input's still on, but there's actually no signal coming from your cable box. So make sure that that's on. And if that still doesn't resolve the issue, try switching to another device. 
and see if you get a picture there, then there is likely an issue that your signal or the box itself and you will need to be you'll need to contact the provider either of your um satellite or your cable and make sure that their service is on. And sometimes you just need to reset. You might need to reset your cable or your satellite box, and you do that simply by unplugging it from the wall and then waiting maybe 30 seconds. Depends on the box, but 30 seconds is usually enough. Plug it back in, and it'll start cycling through, and it will start up again. Or you may need to do it with the TV itself. Just unplug it for about 30 seconds, plug it back in, it'll recycle, and usually that will start it. The other common problem is video not matching the audio. You know, it's like you're watching a foreign film, but the lips are moving, but the, the sound isn't matching, except it's not supposed to be a foreign film. Well, you'll have to go into the audio settings on your TV and or your cable box and adjust the audio delay and that should get you back in sync. So you go to settings, you go to audio and then you look for an audio delay and that should put you back in sync. There are other things that are kind of common problems that you can kind of do. A lot of them can be solved just by plugging it, unplugging it and plugging it back in and resetting it. Uh, Because we're running short on time and because I know you want to get out there to that barbecue, I'm going to talk more about this next week, what you need to do to reset your TV. Because most of us, the TVs are so inexpensive now, most of us just throw them out and go buy a new one when it's really something minor. So that's my tech time for today. Jim, what's your gym today? Okay, baby okay, boomers, baby it's time for Jim from Jim. Yes, indeed, yes, indeed. And guys, remember tomorrow, 4 to 5 p.m., Easy Talk Live. Uh, we've got guest Laura Langmeyer coming on, and uh, boy, talking about a, a list of uh, guests, Easy Talk Live has taken off. And remember the Wall of Fame, 500 quality members. We've got 300,000 visitors per month, uh, super benefits and interaction. So, guys, I'm going to uh, touch base on some people were talking about retiring or should they wait a little bit or, well, I have so much in the bank, I'm 65. Well, I'm going to give you 10 signs that you're not ready to retire. I found it in consumercredit.com, interesting article. And uh, I'll just go over some of this with you. Uh, if any sound familiar, may rethink your plans <clears throat> because, you know, we think I've worked 30 years, I've worked 35 years, whatever it is, it's time to retire. But there's a lot of things you don't take into consideration when you're planning this. Uh, have you planned on the extra expenses, deductibles for insurance and so on and so forth, uh, expenses on your home, expenses that you're your children or grandchildren may have, well, that's not taken into consideration. Ten, and uh, 
10 signs that you're not ready to retire. I'll just go over them real quick here. You haven't outlined a financial plan. A successful retirement requires a well-thought-out plan, but through retirement planning is something many people haven't done. And that's why they talk about financial professionals. You have to talk to professionals. You're struggling now. Well, in one survey, almost a quarter of boomers admitted they had difficulty paying their rent or mortgage within the past 12 months. Uh, A quarter? Wow. But all too often, people who are already struggling are determined to retire. Uh, So that's that's a big red flag. Uh, I'll give you this again. I told you this before. Some of the experts say, if you a lot of the you know a lot of people made about forty five thousand a year and they're supposed to retire with eleven times that amount, which is uh, say a million dollars. And the average retirement for a lot of people, they only have about uh, well, there's a percentage. A certain percentage has a hundred thousand in the bank, and the percentages go down. Some have fifty, but many many people only have twenty five or thirty thousand. And there's a lot that only have a thousand. Well, they're not going to be retiring. But if you have twenty-five or thirty thousand in the bank, it's not quite time to retire. So, and you know, like I said, in one survey, a quarter of the boomers admitted they had difficulty paying their rent. Well, <laughs> not time to retire because if you're having problems with the money you have coming in, and then that stops, it's going to be going down. Okay, number three, you still have a lot of debt. Many people don't know how much they owe. All they know is their bills are at comfortable level, and they assume they can continue to pay them even once they stop working. But you need to take some time to thoroughly look at and understand how much money you owe overall so you can become debt-free in retirement. Uh, One of the plans I had was really focus. Focus is is an important word. Focus on those credit cards. And once you, then it starts getting fun. You start saying, hey, that card with a $5,000 balance is down to three. And you keep hitting it and you just stop the spending. You don't have to spend it. What are you going to buy more stuff to put in your house? I don't know about you, but it piles up fast. So you want to get the savings up, the debt gone, and then put extra money in your bills. And some people say, well, you don't get interest. Who cares? At least it's paid. Put Pay extra money on the gas, electric phone, all these monthly bills. So if something comes up, you turn around, and before you know it, you're a year or two ahead on those bills. And then you have a little cushion. <clears throat> Number four, you need to work but haven't found a part-time job. According to the Federal Reserve, about 12% of people plan to retire and then find a different part-time job while roughly 3% plan to find a full-time job after retiring. But if you haven't lined up another job, you might want to stick with your current employer a little bit longer. Don't assume because you're, because of your years of experience and stellar performance, companies will jump at the opportunity to bring you on board. Okay, you haven't reassessed your portfolio. Your portfolio will become a critical part of your financial well-being when you're retired. And reassessing it is an important part of retirement planning. Well, that's that's the thing to do. You sit down with somebody and get the real stats. Because 
you're kind of in shape at 65 or 70, 75. And eventually, no matter what kind of vitamins you take or exercise you do, uh, you're not going to be in real good shape because you might make it to be 100. But, you know, if you get to be 95, 100, after 100, you could start slowing down. You get to be 110, you'll be breaking records, and you're not going to be working out much. But who knows? I mean, times are changing. Uh, Number six is you haven't decided what you'll do with your time. Now, a friend of mine is a doctor, and he was a doctor out here for a long time, and he told me he's going to be retiring. I said, well, I don't think so. And he looked at me funny. I said, what are you going to do? And he goes, I knew he wasn't a golfer. And sure enough, he retired. And sure enough, he was back in his practice about a year later. <laughs> he said, well, you were right. So you can't, he knows you can't sit around. You got to keep busy. You got to have something going on. If your only friends if are people you work with or all your friends are still working elsewhere, you need to decide what you're going to do with your time, see? So maybe hobbies or whatever, but, uh, you know, that kind of stuff costs money too. Number seven, work is still important to you. If you're currently aiming for promotions and raises, you shouldn't rush into retirement. Stay in your field as long as you feel motivated and driven to achieve. Retiring before you reach your professional goals can result in regret. Besides, uh, pay hikes and other earnings can also be a good way to go. You've know, you got to watch that because one thing will lead you to another, and before you know it, uh, like people talk about retiring at, you know, 65 and some want to wait to get that extra money. But then again, you got to think, well, you do want to eventually retire and relax a little bit and go out and golf and have some fun. You wait too long, and that might not work out too well for you. I told you the story about it. Um, my parents knew a couple, and they saved a lot of money. They had several million dollars, and they moved to Florida, and he had a stroke. And they didn't, she said, they didn't have time to go anywhere. Didn't even make their first retirement vacation. Number eight is you haven't thought about your retirement identity. Right now, you might be in a business, or you might be a business owner, or you might have a lot of authority at your current job, but who will you be when you retire? You know, is that going to be disappointing for you? Maybe you want to stick with it. Number nine, is you caring for children or elderly people? Well, that can be a a big expense. And number 10, you're not on the same page with your spouse. Well, you got to talk to each other and see if you're ready to take that step. But I have to admit it is nice, although I'm keeping very busy, when you get up and you don't have to go punch a clock or something like that. Uh, But, you know, there's a lot of home businesses for retirees, a lot of volunteering you can do. But with that, Reese, I think it's time to move along, and uh, we got to start wrapping up Radio Boomers Live. I I think so. I'm Dr. Lee. uh, Talk about a treasure trove of information, Carmel, discussed. Wow, you know. And, uh, oh, I love Dr. Lee. She's a wonderful woman in a wonderful position. Oh boy, yeah, she knows she knows what's going on. But uh, you know, it goes so fast, doesn't it, Reef? I mean, you know, I mean, the week goes fast, the month goes fast, and we're looking at June now. Well, June is a step before July and August summertime. 
I don't June, know. June is actually my birthday month. So in oh, two more sure. days, I will be another year younger. Hey, all right. Rufus, I'm going so, backwards nowadays. <laughs> so you're going to be six. Wait, you're going to be sixty-four. Wow, no. I can't. <laughs> I'm. Well, I thought you're going backwards because you've been telling I'm me this I'm three year. months older than you, Jim, and we will both be seventy-two this year. Do you know that I spent half of the year thinking I was seventy, and I told someone I was seventy, and they said, "No, you're not." I said, "Of course I am." No, you're 71. Do the math. So, and you know, we are that age, and people, you know, they take for granted that we're that age. But I'm telling you, it doesn't sink in, does it, Reef? You know, like how did we get to be in the 70s? Isn't that an old person? But when well, you get there, I tell people I'm old, and they say, "Oh, stop saying that. You're only as old as you feel." I feel old. <laughs> I don't feel like a 21-year-old. I mean, yeah. I feel good for my age, maybe, and I'm doing well. But in the real world, I'm no spring chicken anymore. People say, why do you tell people your age? I said, well, I don't just tell people. But at this point, I am grateful. Do you know how many friends we've lost along the way? I'm grateful to still be here, oh, to yeah. be able to and see be- my grandchildren who are – 27 yeah. and 36. I was going to say, he just told me. <laughs> and I forgot <laughs> how old the poor child is. I think they're 27 and 30. It's I all don't part know. of it, but race. Anyway, don't worry about they're it. grown up. I've, I've got to see my grandchildren grow up. And, <laughs> you, know, you know, I'm grateful. Forgetting is part of it, you know, what you need to do. But, you know, I, I think mentally you you are young, but sometimes the way we feel physically we're going like what is this all about you know uh you're not bouncing around the way you used to but i'm not giving up i have do you do you still have a little bucket list somewhere my bucket list was was uh is basically involving travel and i don't know that i'm going to make those bucket lists because traveling is not the fun it used to be. First of all, American and I think United have banned drinking on flights until September. And I'm not a yeah. big drinker, but a, a little cocktail on a flight doesn't hurt. It calms <laughs> you down. Yeah. Nothing wrong There's with that. There's so much walking involved. LAX is a nightmare. Yes, I said it out loud. <laughs> the, 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 oh, the parking is horrible. If you take a ride share, it's horrible to get there. You have, oh, it's, LAX is just, I used to say it was just a bad airport because it didn't have the shops and the things you could do if you were stuck in between planes. But now it's really just a nightmare to get in and out of there. Reese, you have to be ready, though, because, you you know, you were Betty White's co-star and off the rockers and who knows what kind of stuff. You, You never know what role might come up that you might be picked for, that you might have to do a certain physical situation. Uh, whether it's drama, comedy, whatever. So isn't that true? You you kind of have to think about that, right? You know, I was one of those actors that came up during the time of the show must go on. So yeah. literally, and don't tell anyone that I told you this, well, literally, I did a, a commercial and I was having a heart attack and I knew I was having a heart attack. 
And I kind of bargained with God and said, if you let me live through this, I promise you, I will go straight to the hospital. The moment I wrap, I won't go home. I won't pack a bag. I will go straight to the hospital. Just let me get through this. And thank God it wasn't a very physical commercial, but I still had to get my stuff in my car, me in my car, and me to the hospital. And sure enough, I had been having a heart attack during the day. Wow. So, you know, we just, you know, the show must go on. I've done a, must go on. Uh, I remember talking a to you about stage that, play yeah. with a 104-degree temperature, and you See, just do that's it. What I'm talking about. Yeah. And it, locations oh, and can be tricky. Oh, I just wanted to say, yeah, I just wanted to say also um, our condolences out to Gavin um, McLeod's family. He was the captain on the love boat. He was on the um, oh yeah, uh, Mary Tyler Moore show. Good friend of Betty White and Ed Asner tweeted out yesterday. Betty, it's just me and you left. So we've got two of the treasures of the Tyler Moore, uh, Mary Tyler Moore show, still alive. And Betty's coming up on our hundredth birthday in about seven eight months now. Yeah, yeah. But you know, Ruth, it's important that. You know, we keep something uh, like dangling the carrot, you know, analogy, something that keeps us going. Uh, like I have a friend of mine that's uh, he's 96 uh, and he's got the Better Visions for Children. He's a World War II veteran and he keeps, you know, keeps busy with that. If you have something that you uh, have set as a goal or aspire to achieve still, <clears throat> it'll keep keep you going in a way. You know what I mean? Well, I'm still yeah. working, and it it's keeping me going. I'm theoretically already scheduled to do another uh, commercial this week, and I'm grateful for that, that I'm still able to work. Like I said, I'm not going to be doing my own stunts probably anymore, but you never know. <laughs> you never know. I have, <laughs> I have a couple things, like someday I want to learn to do a giant, and, uh, and I'm, I, I think I could do that. Uh, you know what that is, to right? To do what? No. A giant. When, that's the high bar. You know, at, at the gym, you got the that bar that you jump up on the Olympics. You jump up. <laughs> it, it's a, not the parallel bars. It's the one high bar. The high bar, really? And you're gonna be, yeah, be and, doing loop to loops on that, right? No, not loop to loops. No. You grab it, and then you do an inverted hang, and then you go back and yeah, you swing that, back and that's forth. A, that's a loop to loop, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> go all the way around. Go all the way. And, and if I can do it, Reese, you can do it. No, when I was young, <laughs> I ha- I aspired to be a gymnast. And I, I, my fear of breaking bones and falling was greater than my desire to do any of that. So you have to have a parachute on me for me to do anything that's high. Even high dives. <laughs> I, I was a swimmer, but... When it came to doing the high dive, no, people should break work. their backs. Yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so, but, but anyway, if I, I guess it's time shoot to... on, I'm good. I'll do any of it. <laughs> well, yeah, you are. You uh, you have those challenges, but uh, you know we have to aspire to do something, and we have to stay in shape. So that's what it's all about. That's why I keep saying, keep moving, keep the faith, and uh, you know have those goals. And you don't have to, you don't have to turn sixty-five or seventy and shuffle around. You know, I think that's, you know, what people think. You can be in good shape, but uh, you got to work at it. You got to have that diet and 
that's really something you got to work on. But guys, I, we're running out of time. The Easy Way Wall of Fame is rocking and rolling, and uh, we have uh, Radio Boomers Live will be coming up next week. Before you know it, at uh, Monday, ten o'clock to eleven o'clock, Reese and I'll be back. What do you got planned for the week, Reese? You got anything big planned? I said I'm planning. I'm shooting a commercial. I can't ever talk about what I'm shooting until after it's airing. Afterwards, but yeah. I plan to shoot a commercial. And today I'm just kicking back. I've learned for these. My family's small now. The so I just kick back. I don't have to cook anything. Um, I'm gonna heat up some stuff that I've already prepared and just kick back, watch some kick TV back. today, and have a wonderful. Memorial Day, just watching some of the ceremonies on the TV and being grateful for those who have given their lives for our country. Yes, indeed. And uh, we want to thank everybody for tuning in. We want to thank Dr. Lee and Fred Smith for coming on the show today. Two great, inspiring guests. And until Monday morning, guys, uh, Reese and I are going to be signing out. So keep moving, keep keep the faith, and uh, we'll see you then. Thank you for listening to Radio Boomers Live with your hosts, Rita Gray, Star Betty White's Off Air Rockers, and EZ's dad, Jim Zuli. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Radio Boomers Live. Radio Boomers Live is brought to you by the Easy Way Broadcasting Network. That's the letter E, the letter Z, Broadcasting Network.